Well, like tent time, we have a lot of good singing during the tent, and we can't get it all in. We want to do i
let's get into God's word today. Hebrews chapter 2. And uh, yesterday, uh, a lot of ministry going around, and I appreciate, again, each and every one for all that you've done over the last several weeks and several days. But let's get into God's word this morning. I have a heart message on my heart, and uh, it's regarding putting things off. I want to preach this morning on don't procrastinate. That's my title. It's not a fancy title, but don't procrastinate. Look at Hebrews, if you would, chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape? If we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Don't procrastinate. Let's pray. Father, I need your spirit this morning to help me as I preach. Lord, everybody's hearts are uh, concerned about this and that. Lord, I pray that we'd put aside those things that are upon our minds and hearts and just hear from you today. Be with the deaf church and help them, Lord, in their services today. I pray you'd be with the junior church. May those little ones hear the word of God. May some get saved. May the Christian young people be encouraged. And then, Lord, uh, you know who's here today, what needs to be said, who needs to come to you. Lord, help us not to procrastinate in our soul winning, in our reaching out to those we love and care about and those that pass us by each day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't procrastinate. This is a very serious text this morning. Um, there's a lot of people in our world that put off their soul salvation. Uh, how shall we escape is the question if we neglect so great salvation. Now, I'm sure that there were people uh, present when this was um, delivered, this epistle, that were totally rebellious to God in the matter of their soul salvation. I, I don't know if the subjects of faith in God and redemption were offensive or even repugnant to them. I have no idea. Perhaps they were not interested with dealing with their soul salvation at that particular time in which it was first delivered unto them. Perhaps their, their, their uh, procrastination was just they, they weren't ready or they, they felt they had something to accomplish in their life. But whatever the case, they procrastinated in coming to the Lord. So that's a big word. What does procrastination mean? Well, it means delaying. The definition means to postpone something or put something off till a later time. Now, I want to say this morning, never knowing who will be with us in any given service, there might be somebody here lost today. Your soul's important. And saints, I want to say something to you this morning. Your life is important. And if you're wanting to do something for God, it's about time to get at it. And sometimes we procrastinate for different reasons but none of them are good ones. Amen. This morning in Sunday school, my wife's asked me to teach her ladies' discipleship class. The last book is on end time events, eschatology. And we were talking about 
you know, the, um, the millennial reign of Jesus Christ and the judgments and things like that. And I'm telling you, I'm convinced there's a lot of people in this world that in their mind, they intend someday to become a Christian. I don't think that everybody wakes up every morning and says, you know what I want to do? I want to turn God off and I just want to go to hell at the end of my days. I don't think people intend to do that. Now, in soul winning, you'll run across people that'll say, oh, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to hell. I'm going to be with all my friends and we're going to we're going to drink and we're going to play poker. I mean, ever heard somebody say something ridiculous like that. But in their heart of hearts, I, I believe people, they, they, they don't decide to just say, you know what, I'm just going to put God off and I'm going to end up in hell. That's not a goal for people's lives. But yet people procrastinate. They delay. They postpone. They put things off to another day. And so I want us to look at this text today. And if someone's here today, please don't procrastinate when it comes to your soul salvation. But I know for the most part today, I'm, I'm speaking to the saints of God. But don't procrastinate in something God has given you to do. He's gifted you to do. Amen? So let's deal with number one. What is exactly the context of this so great salvation? It's in the Bible. What's the context of this? It's written, I believe, to some that were prone to let things slip. I don't think he would have wrote these words if there weren't people in the church that he wrote to, this epistle, this letter, that were letting many things slip in their life. How often do we do that? We don't even realize it. Sometimes we let this go and allow things not to get done because we just let it slip. Things that we've heard, things that we've read, things that we've studied, uh, they slip from us. The idea presented in our text is letting salvation's opportunity pass us by. Don't procrastinate. If you're not saved, don't put it off another day. Say, preacher, do you really believe that there could be someone here today that is still lost, not born again, is, is missing heaven and may end up sometime, someday in the future in hell? Yes. I believe there absolutely could be some. And, and the reason why some put it off is they're just waiting for another day, another time, another period of life. Don't do that. I've had some family members say to me through the years if I've tried to witness to them, and I, I, I'm thinking about one conversation I had several years ago with one particular man. And uh, he said, you know, to me after I gave him the gospel, he says, but I'm young and I'm not interested in this stuff yet. That's, that's quite common as you talk to people about the gospel. One of these days, uh, I'll probably be ready for more, here's what they say, religion in my life. But it's never religion, it's a relationship. But they don't get that. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. They don't get it. And, and I've even had them be honest with me. And say, I'm not ready to get saved because I want to live out my life, enjoy my vices, my pleasures, the things that I know that are not good for me. I've had him say, I don't want to give up these things. In the context of the discussion I had this particular day that I'm thinking about, it was the idea of pot and booze and women and gambling. I don't want to give those things up. I want to enjoy all of that, and then at the end of my life, I'll become a Christian. A lot of people think that way. 
Becoming a Christian is so important, so vital, so necessary. Amen. But some people want to participate in sin just a little longer before they give that up. And you know, even the lost know that living a life as a Christian with all that stuff that I mentioned is not a, a right thing to do. So they don't want to give up their sin. They want to continue in their sin. And then they're going to get saved so they can go to heaven when they die. What hurts me sometimes as a preacher, you expect that from the lost, but there are people that have been saved. They have been blood-bought. They've been born again, but they, they haven't followed on to follow the Lord. They haven't gone through discipleship. They haven't given up the things that they need to give up in order to grasp for things better. For the Lord's glory and the Lord's honor. And some people are saved, but they're hanging on to all the old life and the old things. And they say, one of these days, one of these days, I'm going to give that up. And one of these days, I'm going to get that right. And one of these days, I'm going to serve the Lord. Let me tell you, friend, one of these days, you're going you're to miss God's perfect will for your life. Oh, my goodness. Don't procrastinate. The subject of Procrastination for one's salvation is serious, and if it's neglected, it could cause someone to end up in hell. And to me, it's senseless. Because salvation is deliverance from sin. It's already been purchased through Jesus' sacrifice and his shed blood on the cross of Calvary. Yes, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But if you're here today and you're lost, all you have to do is reach out and receive Jesus as Savior and experience this wonderful salvation. But really, all you have to do to remain lost is stay the way you are. Procrastinate a little longer. Decide a little longer that I'm going to wait. Acts 20, 21, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, it's a great salvation. The key here is God wants to save us from an eternity in hell, and hell's for real. Hell's not something preachers love to preach about. We don't. Now, I've heard some preachers preach like as if they were, they were happy that people were going there. I don't want to be that kind of preacher. Hell's a horrible place. And unsaved men and women are going there. Unsaved young people are going there if they haven't been born again. Matter of fact, those that, have been, that are unsaved are hell bound. And that's not a good thing. God has made a provision for soul salvation, from deliverance, from, from an eternal punishment to be removed. This so great salvation gives us an entrance into heaven one day. Amen. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. And he's coming back to get us. Amen. I want to focus on heaven. Who doesn't want to focus on heaven? Heaven's a wonderful thing, but you know, people are still going to hell. And we need to tell them. We need to love them. Someday we'll pass away and someday we'll face this thing that we don't like to face called death. Death and hell are real. Heaven is real. Amen. There is no purgatory in the Bible. There are no second chances. 
Hebrews says 9.27 is an appointed. This word appointed means a, a decided time, a, 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 a definition of time, something ahead, an appointed period ahead. It is appointed in the men once to die, but after this, the judgment. So it's either going to be one of two ways. It's either going to be Matthew 25.21, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. Or it's going to be, but he said, I tell you, I know you not whence you are. Depart from me, all ye that work iniquity. Which is it? Have you made that choice yet? Many of you have. Praise the Lord. But if you haven't, don't procrastinate. Don't put it off anymore. And I know we could have a litany of reasons why you say you have to put it off, but none of them are good. Don't do it. Amen. Secondly, what ways may this salvation be neglected? Well, let me say first, so great a salvation is usually not, again, put off or avoided or rejected because people are not interested in its value. That's not the case. Most people want, they would like to know someday that they're right with God and that they're going to heaven when they pass this life. Amen. Everybody wants to go to heaven when they die. Amen. Many expect that they'll go to heaven in spite of the way they lived. Even though they've never gone to church or read the Bible or cared for anything to do with God. There's just this thing within man thinking, I could live this way and somehow God's going to just make it all work out. No, that's not what the Bible tells us. They, in their minds, our loved ones, our friends, our co-workers, our acquaintances, they have this thinking that someday God's going to wave them into the pearly gates and give them another chance at least. Somebody will light a candle. Somebody will pay for a mass to be said over there. Somebody will give indulgences to take care of purgatory for a while. And one of these days, they're going to get out of the abyss and they're going to end up in the bliss of heaven. That's what they think. We have a new generation today. They're called the progressives. This scares me even more than the crowd that's so rebellious toward salvation. This crowd doesn't even care. They don't care at all. You know why? Nobody took them to church. We, we raised our children, my age group raised their children, took them to church, and sometimes they say, thank you for taking this church, and the other say, boy, I got made to go to church, but they went to church. The crowd now, they don't even know, they're in America, the land of the free, and the home of the brave, and where the gospel is on the radio, TV, internet, so much opportunity. And they don't know anything spiritual because they never one time darkened the door to a church. Their parents don't know anything about God. Their parents don't know. They haven't passed it down. Amen. Today, Sunday morning is not about going to worship in any church. No, no. It's the breakfast club. It's restaurants. It's family activities. It's, it's biking. It's hiking. Those are good things. But people that do that, they're going to miss so great salvation. Spiritual things don't matter anything to this current generation. And although they're lost, the reason they haven't heard it not, is not always their fault. The former generation cares nothing of it. Therefore, their children don't know anything of it either. 
Salvation is not put off because people don't care. Many people want to end up in heaven if they believe there's a heaven. They don't value the importance of salvation as we do. Today's progressives have virtually been taught nothing about afterlife, heaven, hell, judgment. They're spiritually ignorant. Less and less go to church year by year. But I feel that mainly people neglect so great salvation today because of procrastination. They just put it off. They neglect it. They just think there's a more convenient time. The Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 24 ran into a man. He gave him the gospel. Acts 24, 24, the Bible said after certain days when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, which was a Jewess, had sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Jesus. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a more convenient season, I will call for thee. If anybody knew how to give the gospel, it was Paul. If anybody had the power of God on him giving the gospel, it was Paul. I mean, this man had the opportunity of opportunities, but he looked at Paul and said, hey, a more convenient season, I'll call for you. I think that's where many people are today. I think that's where maybe somebody sitting here in this auditorium, that's where you're at today. Friend, don't procrastinate. Don't put it off. You that know the Lord, but you're not serving the Lord. Why are you waiting to serve the Lord? Don't put it off. You could be so greatly used of God. You know, oftentimes I look at people that are on the edge of church life, of spiritual life. Some of them are the most talented people. They could be used of God greatly. And some used to be in church and serve the Lord. and They got away from the Lord for this reason or that. And man, were they used of the Lord. But something got them out. And you know what they say? One of these days, I'm going to get back in church. One of these days. One of these days. The Apostle Paul describes this negligence as letting that which has been heard slip. That's an interesting word, slip. I I looked up the word uh, slip, and there's a lot of definitions for slip. There's a a slip that has to do with boating and tying knots and ladies' garments, and there's all kinds of slips, amen. Intentional slips, non-intentional slips, but this word here means allowed to let go, to glide by. The things that we have heard, he says. You know, there's a lot of people, we assume they've never heard the gospel, but that's not true. Many people have heard the gospel. We have people that have gotten the gospel Presented to them, and we don't know it, but it's happened. I remember when my dad was lost. After he got saved, I remember all the, I started meeting all the people that tried to witness to my dad, and I had no idea. I was at a quarter car wash. Now, that's a long time ago. But I was at a quarter car wash, and I was washing my car, and this man came up to me over here on Wayne Road and Cowan Road, and he said, you're, you're, you're Steve Brown. You're Pastor Brown, aren't you? And I said, you know, you meet a lot of people. And I said, yes, I am. He goes, I work with your dad. I said, you do? He said, yeah. And he said, I've witnessed to your dad. I've given your dad gospel tracts. And he talks about you all the time, how proud he's of. Now, my dad wasn't saved then. 
I met a man that was trying to reach him to, for Christ at work. I remember my mom called me one day and she said, did you send your father a gospel tract in the mail? I said, no, ma'am. She said, are you sure? I said, no, I haven't. And she said, well, somebody did. And he thinks it's you and he's not happy. And there have been, there's other situations where my dad told me later, this one talked to me and that one talked to me. Hey, don't assume, that's number one, don't assume somebody's speaking to your family because maybe they're not. But don't let it be you not speaking to them. Oh, I have and they won't listen. Tell them again, tell them again, tell them again. But there are people out there that may cross their path. But here's the thing, we assume nobody has heard it, but they may have. This generation today has had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Amen. But what happened? They heard it, but they let it slip. That's quite common. They let it slip. They let it glide by. Less salvation was heard and got in their heart and they made a clear-cut profession of faith. Hey, the salvation, the great salvation that God's talking about here, uh, we need to pay attention to it, pay heed to it, yeah, make provision for it in our lives, and then pass it on. Isn't it, you know, we're so, uh, how can I put it? We, we set clocks for appointments, do we not? I called my chiropractor the other day. I, I need to get in and see him, and she told me, well, he went on vacation for the week, and he's not available, and she knows me well. She'll say, now, don't be late on Monday. Don't forget, because I forget. I said, I'll put it in my phone. I'll put it in my phone and forget. I'm well-meaning. I, I set my clock for appointments. I set alarms to get my attention for something that I think is important. You do too. We post events and appointments in calendars, day planners, schedule. I still got my old write-in calendar. I put it in there, but it doesn't mean I look at it. But we do that because something's important to us. Is salvation important to you this morning? Have you heard the gospel? Have you heeded it or have you let it slip by? You that know the Lord, one of these days you're going to talk to your dad. One of these days you're going to talk to your mom. One of these days you're going to go, you're going to, go to your neighbor and speak to him again about the gospel. Don't let it slip. The opportunity. Matthew 13 and verse 19. Jesus said, when, when, uh, when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which is sown in his heart. Hey, they let it slip sometimes and then Satan's quick to get interruption, hindrance, busyness, so they don't have to think about it anymore. Maybe you've let it slip. Then maybe it has slipped from you because you failed to heed it. The Bible uses the word heed. The word heed means to pay attention to, to give notice to, to regard as important, give respect toward. Hebrews 2.1, we read it this morning, therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed. See that word? So the things which we have heard, lest at any time we let them slip. It's important. So important. 
It means to dwell upon. It means to pause and take note. You know, in our Bible, in the Psalms, the psalmist writes, uh, has a little phrase in there called sila. That is a musical pause. And what it's for is that we pause to reflect upon what was just said, right? How many times have we heard God speak to us in a service or in a Bible study or someone talking to us about spiritual things and we've let them slip? Amen. It's not that we're necessarily uninterested or unconcerned totally or we don't have a desire. Uh, Sometimes we let things slip because that's our nature. In Jesus' parable of the sower in Matthew 13, he says in verse 19, When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receiveth the seed by the wayside. There are so many times and so many opportunities that people have been given the gospel, but they let it slip from them. Get away from them. Amen? Opportunities of life, we let get away from us. Time with our family, we let it get away from us. Appreciating our mate, we let it get away from us. These things are common. But salvation is utmost of importance. Amen. The last way people can neglect so great salvation this morning is to allow material things to get in the way. In Mark chapter, I think it's 4, and in Luke chapter 12... It tells of the rich young ruler. It's Mark chapter 10. And he came to Jesus and he seemed to be interested in spiritual things. And what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus knew his heart and said, well, sell what you have, give to the poor, take up your cross and follow me. And the Bible says, the Bible says that he went away grieved. Why did he go away grieved? Because he had much possession. And we're in a world today, it's all about grabbing possessions. More this, more that, better this, better that, larger this, larger that. It's all about material stuff and wealth, but it ain't going to do anybody any good at the day of death. It won't do anybody any good at at the great white throne judgment where God casts them into hell. And listen... Saints that are not serving the Lord, it's not going to do you any good when you stand before Jesus, your Savior, and tell him all the reasons why you didn't serve him. In this conversation, he went away grieved, having much possessions. When you stand before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ as a Christian, you're not going to put your head down and walk away. Amen. Don't neglect. Don't Don't put it off. Don't procrastinate. Amen. That's the thought this morning. Let me read a couple verses to you. I'll hasten on and we'll be done. Matthew 16, 26. But what does it profit? What does a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall a man give exchange for his soul? Good question. In Mark chapter 8, verse 36. Listen. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Those two verses are are spoken to lost people. Don't lose your soul. Don't lose salvation. Don't lose the opportunity of heaven. Amen. But Luke 9, 25, it says this, And what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be a castaway? 
That was that rich young ruler. He had opportunity for salvation. But there's a lot of people that have Christ as their Savior, but they lose the opportunity of serving their Lord for stuff. Stuff. Matthew 19, 22, But when the young man heard these sayings, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. That's what Matthew tells us. So the first two verses have to do with someone losing their soul. If you're here this morning, and you're lost, and you're not yet born again, oh, don't lose your opportunity. Don't procrastinate anymore. Come to Christ. Come to Jesus. Come for forgiveness. Come for salvation. But the last verse I read is about a Christian who turns away from serving the Lord when he could have served the Lord. But his appetite was for the world. It seems like so many depart, are shipwrecked, forsaken today. Paul felt that hurt, 2 Timothy 4.10, for Demas hath forsaken me. Why? Why? Paul, the Christian life's too hard. The, the ministry is too tough. I can't handle it, Paul. No, Paul, I, I tell you what, Paul. Um, he said this, having loved this present world, Demas got his eyes on the world and said, you know, I could serve God or I could serve myself, and I think I'll serve myself today. And then every day to follow, we don't hear that he ever came back. Amen? You know, it depends on how you read this. I read this years ago, and it's departed from Thessalonica. Listen to this. Cretans to, to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Now, I often read that and said, well, they were just busy with the work. But I, I got to wondering, was it possible that Cretius went to Galatia and Titus went to Dalmatia? And maybe one of them, I don't hear his name much anymore, maybe he did what Demas did. He got up, caught up in life and he didn't serve the Lord as he once intended to, as he once had been involved in. You remember the two ladies in the church at Philippi, Eodius and Sentici? Paul's admonishing them to make something right that was wrong. They got in a big fight in the church. And everybody saw it, and they were servants of the Lord. How long did it take for them to make that right so they could be used of the Lord again? We don't know. 1 Corinthians 9, 27, but keep, uh, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest at any time while I have preached to others, I myself be a castaway. And that word castaway means to be shelved. That's the greatest fear of a preacher, I believe, is to be shelved. Well, maybe the first one would be to, to, to lose, lose their effectiveness for Christ. Because, you know, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. So somebody can mess up, but they lose their opportunity. They're disqualified. Paul said, I don't want to be shelved. Sometimes people shelf themselves for this present world. Oh, saints of God, listen, the message, obviously, is for the lost today. You never know who might be here. So great salvation. Don't procrastinate. But saints, listen, if there was a time in your life that you served the Lord, what are you waiting for? Get back at it. If there's ever a time in your life where you're on fire for Jesus, get back on fire for Jesus. Don't procrastinate. Let's serve the Lord. I'll mention these and I'm done. Serious spiritual penalty for 
procrastination. You know, people, they're found guilty of a criminal, of a crime, and they have a day in court, and they're anxiously waiting uh, for their day before a judge. And when they stand before their judge, every one of them, I, I believe, hopes for, hopes for leniency. If not that, they're hoping for a suspended sentence. If not that, they're hoping for a reduced sentence. You know, their own negligence will testify against them. But the penalty is certain. Hebrews 12, 25, seeing that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refuseth him that speaketh on earth, much more shall uh, not we escape if we turn away from him. You know, God, uh, God speaks to people, but they put him off. The penalty is sure. Romans 14, 11, as is written, as I say it, the Lord, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to God and the penalty will be just. John 12, 32, and, and I, if I be lifted up, I'll all draw, draw all men unto me. Now, what's that all about? It's in reference to Numbers chapter 21 when the Israelites were being, they, they were under a plague of, of snakes. Remember the Old Testament? And they were bitten, and when they were bitten, they were going to die. But there was a serpent put on a pole, and God told Moses, lift that pole up. And he said, whoever lift, lift up the pole and ever look at the serpent, they'll live. All they had to do is look. And I imagine there were some of them just going, I'm not looking. I don't care what he said, I'm not looking. And they, there was a song written, look and live, my brother live. Look to Jesus now and live. And I'm sure as anything, there might be somebody here today. You understand everything the preacher has said, but you have decided... I'm not going to look. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do it. Oh, don't neglect so great salvation. Amen. Maybe God's touched your heart today about your lack of concern again for the lost. Don't, don't say to God again, well, Lord, you know I'm just so busy. They got me so busy at work, and my family's got me so busy at work. Eternity. Eternity's beckoning. Amen. Well, I think the thing that disturbs us most when death comes to our house, to our life, to our family, is it's appointed unto men once to die after this a judgment. That's a terrible thing, but for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We don't like death. And that word death there means separation. Separation from loved ones. But I want to tell you something one day. If they know Jesus, if they knew Jesus, there'll be a reunion day. Now's the time. Now's the time to speak. Now's the time to be saved. Amen. The remedy in numbers was the serpent lifted up in the wilderness, and the remedy today is Christ. If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto myself. Speak of the cross. Talk about the forgiveness of sin through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. But go with a burden and go with tears and go with concern. Uh, don't neglect that as a Christian. Please don't procrastinate. Hebrews 2.3, how should we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Well, we won't escape if we neglect it. Now is not the time to do that. Now is the time to embrace that. Let's bow our heads if we would, every head bowed.